What up, doe? Welcome to a new episode of Don't Blame Me, Blame Detroit with your boy Brandon Jordan. And um, just a couple things off the top. Again, I want to apologize to Denver. Uh, sorry that we had to cancel the shows. Uh, Ron has some health complications and we had to cancel. And like I said, we will reschedule and come back later this year. Hopefully it works out. And again, San Diego, this weekend coming up, the 12th and the 13th, four shows, Madhouse Comedy Club, 7 and 9 o'clock. So please come out and support. Y'all always do when I come down there, and I can't wait to come back and have a good time with y'all. So look, I'm not about to waste any more time because you already see on the screen, um, I have a very special guest. Uh, this beautiful young lady is from the mean streets of St. Louis. She's the host and producer of the Whiskey Sour Podcast. She also has her own candle line called St. Angels. And also, she has the St. Angels blog. And she's also the queen of the freakum dress. Give it up and give a warm welcome to the podcast, Dominique Tinder Lovins. What's up? What's up? What's up? Not the queen of the freakum dress. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. Yeah. So hi everybody. Uh, correction, really quick though. But my, my name is Saint Angeles. So oh, everybody always thinks it's like Los Angeles. So St. Oh, Louis okay. and Los Angeles fused together. So it's Saint uh Saint Dash And that's the name of the, the whole brand. So yay. Okay. So we got that correction. Typing in the wrong thing. <laughs> we got that correction. But uh, but what's good with you? How 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 your day starting off? Um, my day is actually um pretty busy. I'm actually working on orders right now for the candle line. Uh, Mother's Day is next week. And so mm -hmm. I have a promotion going on where you get 20% off your purchase of $60 or more. And okay. you get a gift with purchase. So when you, for anybody that needs a last minute gift, um, you know, St. Dash Angeles, that's S A I N T Dash A N G L E. <laughs> Yes. So it's just so, yeah. So just use code, that code, and we ship pretty uh, quickly. So I was working on all the gift of purchases uh, this morning. So I'm tired. I, I hopped on Zooming with the homies with Tahir this mm -hmm. morning. Um, then we did a review of Married at First Sight. So okay. that's where I'm coming from uh, with my other co-hosts from my other podcast, Everyone Needs an Aquarius. Uh, it's a, it comes out twice a month. And so we're thinking about having an emergency episode because of all the shenanigans that have happened in the entertainment realm this week. Oh yeah. And now I'm here. So kind of oh, busy, well, <laughs> kind well, of busy. For the next 30 minutes, I, I'm glad I got your, your attention, you know? Yeah, I'm here. I made it. I made it. Like, I'm so happy that you sent a follow-up because I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what time? Because I committed to all this stuff. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for having me, uh, having me on or whatever. I know you found me through my homegirl, Keisha. 
So mm-hmm. hopefully she and I will be working on a project or something really soon. You know, so, well, yeah. so, no, the thing about it is, is I have been trying to reach out to you. When you try to reach out to I've me, you didn't send me you. an email? No, I sent, I had DM'd you, but I was like, you know what? She don't follow me. So she ain't checking on, she ain't checking the other stuff. Not at all. Yeah. And so yeah. I have, so one day I was on Instagram and I seen, it was like, a, I seen a story or a picture or something with you and Keisha in it. And I was like, oh, shit, let me hit my girl up. You know what I'm saying? Give, you know, she can plug me with, with you. Yeah, I, I'm so sorry. Because, like, half of those messages, so I'll click it and click off real quick just to get the alert away. I don't be reading because the majority of that stuff is spam. So I'm like, okay, yeah. So you, Is it spam or is it niggas that you don't want to talk to that you call them spam? Okay, I love, first of all, I love how y'all think my DMs be going up. They be dry. And I'm and I'm, I'm being so I can show you right now, they be dry. <laughs> so the majority of those messages that I get are spam. Okay. I y'all love to tell me what what be happening in my life and it don't because I'm like where the niggas at? It's okay. About, right. Like I didn't mean to say yeah, that. Yeah, you can sorry. say whatever you want to say. But you know, like don't nobody be sending me no messages. <laughs> I meet people in real life. Now, if you say something in real life and then it don't hit and stick, I'm sorry. That's on you. But, you know, I'm a nice person. So, yeah. Okay. We'd be the judge of that. Listen, you already (laughs) talked about my city being the mean street. It is the mean street. St. Louis ain't no joke. I know Detroit is not talking. Hell no, it ain't. Because I'm like, are y'all a little worse off than we are, okay? Yeah, we need the adventures in Detroit. I don't know what you're talking about. Look, all right. I mean, you know what? Hey, I, I, guess, know. I, I guess I'm wrong because y'all are being heavily gentrified right now, so whatever. And you know my Tigers is whooping on them Colonel's ass right now, too. Look. Do you want me here as a guest or do you want me to exit stage left? <laughs> well, look. Hey, uh, I'm going to treat you like how my how my grandma treat me all the time. Because she thinks just because I live in L.A., I, uh, I have access and know everybody in the city. What's, your, uh, what's up with your boy Chris Brown? What's, what's up with him? What? Okay. First of all. Like, I know you talk... <laughs> I know you talk to Chris like, hey, man, what's going on with you, bro? I don't talk to Chris anymore. <laughs> I don't. I haven't talked to Chris in some years. Uh-huh. Uh, I Actually, I, um, I don't know. It's just, it's really weird. Like, honestly, this has been one of the most chaotic retrogrades that I've experienced in a long time, okay? okay. I'm overwhelmed in a very underwhelming way, and I did not expect to wake up to post talking about a fight with Chris Brown and Usher that clearly did not happen because Usher is supposed to have a broken nose. His eyes are not swollen. They're not black or anything that you can't hide a broken nose. So, you know, actually my co-host and I were just saying, I'm like the headline reads better as Chris Brown and Usher getting into a scuffle or a tussle, as I like to say, Mm -hmm. because tussle is my favorite word. Um, Whereas, you know, as opposed to him and Tiana Taylor kind of having a falling out. Yeah. Like, it reads way better than that. So, also knowing, like, the history, his history about, like, it looks 
it's more clickable with Usher because Usher, you know, is this huge star. You know, he's had this resurgence kind of, you know, like with, yeah, with the, the, the with resident the team. Yeah. yeah, so that that's, you know, that's what they do. And and, and I, I, I went to school for journalism. That's my degree. So okay. we know how that works, the ins and outs of that, right? So everybody's like, where's the video? Because it didn't happen. That did not happen. It doesn't exist. So, yeah, that's all. I don't know. I want want Chris Brown. You know, here's the thing with Chris Brown, though. Like, and it's something that people can cuss me out about. Say that Chris Brown's this terrible person. Um, You know, we've 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 tried to give Chris Brown a redemption story Mm -hmm. so many times, and and I think that's the frustrating thing is that we kind of forget the other events that have happened because so much time has lapsed, and he's put out a great single, Mm -hmm. but he makes it very difficult for me right now as a fan i mean and i know like the the clip that you see with them on the skating rink you don't see hostility from chris brown to usher you clearly see him lashing out and yelling uh obscenities toward tiana taylor so Mm -hmm. he needs a lot of therapy um and we all could use a lot no chris brown needs therapy and get off the rock he needs rehab again and he needs therapy which is something that i always felt like after the rihanna incident that should have been uh a court order for him to go to therapy as -hmm. opposed to going to community service so yeah i just never understood why he felt like he had to take on the bad boy image and lifestyle that he's trying to project when he was clearly on the Will Smith path, where he was going to be accepted into anything he wanted to do with yeah. no complications. All you had to do was be the little good boy, stay clean, keep the clean image, and you was going to be fine. And you he know- would have been, he would have been, he's already, a, he's a superstar. Yeah. But he would have been like, on that almost basically that Michael Jackson type of superstardom if he would have never, if he would have stayed on that straight path. You know, being, following that path is boring. And that's what it's about. You know, people get a surreal out of being the bad boy, you know, but not really knowing in what could potentially come with that uh, and where that kind of takes you because for people that, I mean, think about Bobby Brown, for example, you know, mm-hmm. um, who was com- somewhat to a certain degree able to somewhat recover from what happened. And, you know, he always maintained his innocence when it came to the drug usage. Like, that wasn't something that he introduced Whitney Houston to do, too. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you watch, uh, and I was and I was a cute, I thought I was going to marry Bobby Brown, my young self. Uh, you, I love Bobby look, Brown. I love, you love the swagger that comes with it. He can dress, he can sing, he can, he can dance. It's like all these things that Bobby Brown could do, right? So it was like he had this appeal, the sex appeal. But just, even just I got to say this one thing. Don't Be Cruel is one of my top five favorite albums, just to let you know that. Hit after hit after hit after hit. I got, no the vinyl. I got the yeah, vinyl. I got the vinyl in my room right now. Yeah. No, no skips, right? Mm-hmm. 
Shout out to Babyface. I don't think we give Babyface enough credit, by the way. Um, I feel like some people give him his just due, but they don't. I feel like how we talk about uh, like a Timberland or a Pharrell, but like there's something about Babyface. And I mean, think about it. He's given us so many hits on so mm-hmm. many. Oh my God, I love Babyface. That's like one of my dream interviews, like Babyface. And um, I will say that when it comes to Chris, I think that his upbringing. So really think about it. Like they talk about tapping. Tapping Hannig is like trailer parks, like small towns. So he was hood still. So because mm-hmm. initially when Chris Brown wanted to come out, Chris Brown always wanted to be a rapper. Oh yeah. Chris Brown wanted to rap. And so the, the label was like, nah, we're not doing that. Like that's cute. Like, you know, later down the line. So you get these different elements to Chris and the music. But I think also what happens is in this industry, if you don't have a solid foundation, you're going to sink real quick. If you don't know who you are, you're going to sink real quick. And it got the best of them. Think of like you 15, 16 years old signing multi-million dollar record deals, but the the money and the fame yeah that's cute but when you when you're on shaky ground you see what happened and and then you know like they always say the industry pairs people together or whatever so if that is true you paired him with somebody else that comes from a shaky similar background and then chaos tussle you know happens and because they were abusing each other. Like, I think that's why people were so forgiving of that situation with him being one young, but Brianna, you know, speaking out and saying, without saying that they were kind of toxic to each other. Like, people just don't, people don't understand. Rihanna a big girl. Yeah, Rihanna's, Rihanna's like my, actually, Rihanna might be 5'10". Rihanna might be 5'10 or 5'11 and wears like a size 11, 11 and a half shoe. Yeah. yeah, Rihanna's not a small girl, she's and not. she's one of them island girls with them tempers. <laughs> she she yeah. don't she don't play. <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, you know, I, it sucks, but it's just really it's he just need help, and I, I and you know, as much as he's failed himself, you know, and and because I don't want to make somebody else seem like oh the scapegoat. Or, you know, or whatever. So it's because after a certain age, we when you reach a certain threshold, you are responsible for the things that you do, right? We all right. have free will to do whatever we want. We all know that things sometimes come with consequences. And uh, my mom taught me really early on to look at the, the Z before you step into the A, which is just mm-hmm. for every action, there's some sort of reaction. So what could that potential reaction be? So in the case of Chris Brown, him being so young, him experiencing a level of trauma that happened because his mother might not have chose the best partners and stuff. So he's seeing the, these things and they're being engraved into his, you know, ingrained into his mind. And then you go to repeat what you're seeing. And now you have, bad boy Chris that we know of. So like, yeah, to a certain extent, like I feel like his, his, his parents might've felt him, 
but mm-hmm. after it's a certain threshold that you reach and it's like you got to be accountable for your actions and so if you want to do better to know better is to do better right Ooh, so right. it's like if you you want to be you know the best version of yourself sometimes you gotta it's a lot of work it's a lot of work that you have to do and that work is scary you know because the episode of the podcast that i'll have dropping um i believe this week we talk i talked to a psychotherapist which is my homegirl, and we talk about healing in real time and healing in real time is not pretty it's it 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 is you are in the thick of it and but you know what's going to be on the other side right and so it it's tricky it's tricky it's scary but you know that the outcome is going to be worth it and it's an ongoing process so no man can't stay away from that rock i don't know how much longer he gonna be here and i don't like to wish that on nobody but he can't sit still (laughs) it's sad because the kid is talented and he's such a nice person he's such a nice person i can believe that yeah I, i can believe he is yeah now um now I don't want to get I don't want to dive like too in depth into um, into this situation, but it helps me you know get into the next topic I want I want to get into you with. But are you all up to date on the whole Ebony K Williams? <laughs> I knew you was gonna talk about that. I just saw an amazing clip. I can't believe I I'm using this word with this person. But I just saw an amazing clip from Dr. Umar Johnson talking about her. <laughs> right? It's like, Umar, Umar can be very problematic. But it's oh, like, okay, yes, I'm I'm familiar with it. <laughs> uh, I, I love Umar. I, I, some stuff, he'd be, I'd be like, come on, bro, now you're tripping. But a lot of stuff, I'd be like, you make complete sense, you know what I'm saying, about this. It's like right message, wrong messenger, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because, you know, Umar hates feminism. Umar hates, uh, you know, like the the patriarchal, you know, white supremacist, capitalistic society, but while being able to profit and benefit off of it. So it's like, <laughs> what? <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm familiar. I'm familiar. So let me let me ask you this: Are you are you single? My life, I, okay. So yeah, no. I, I'm I'm gonna say no. <laughs> I'm gonna say no. No for a thousand, Alex. I'm okay. not single. Yeah. Okay. So you have yeah. somebody. All right. Yes. Okay. That's good. So I was I wasn't a, a person that was. I would, when when Kevin Samuels was was alive, I really didn't watch too much of his stuff. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying so I didn't have an opinion on the guy. And only thing I was hearing was he, oh, he's bad, this and this. So just recently, I just personally just start going back, and I just wanted to hear, you know, I was like, let me see what this guy was, was about, because I was uh, in my car, I just needed something to listen to. So I was like, okay, let me check this. What, what he was talking about because the whole Ebony K thing, really, like, I felt like sparked a conversation that we really need to have anyway. Yeah. Because just like how you said with Umar, 
I was just I once I found out I was like you had a white fiance, and you talking about all this blacks to this and this. I said, oh girl, I I I ain't thinking twice about you no more. You you can go <laughs> somewhere all that, but when listening to Kevin Samuels, I can understand why women that were you know speaking down on him why they spoke down on him. Yeah, because I in my opinion, he was speaking the truth. And what a lot of people don't understand is, is that when he first started, he actually was only talking to men. And he yeah. was doing, in the same way he was talking to women, he was talking to men even a little bit more harder on the men. Because as a man, you have to understand that it's basically, I go, I do this first. Just as a man or a woman, you have to understand your market value. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was trying to preach. He All he was saying was, is that understand your market value. You can, just because you think you might want this, doesn't mean the market wants that, you know, uh, wants you. And, and it's basically understanding where you are in life to be able to have a reasonable expectation of what you feel like you should be able to get out of a partner. So just for an example, if you are 41 with three kids, two different baby daddies, you're low income, you're very not the educated, and you're overweight, why do you think that you automatically deserve a man that makes six, seven figures? Just because you're a woman and you say so? And it goes, okay. and it goes also, well, I'm about, I got you. I'm about to, and it also okay. goes to okay. the men. But also goes to the men also where right. you're a man that you make 40000 a year, you have no higher education, you have no goals, you got a couple of kids out here with multiple people, you're overweight, why do you think that you deserve this high-level woman that you have this ex, you know, saying uh, expectation that you feel like you should have when you ain't shit? So yeah. I just feel like it goes both ways. And I feel like just because people didn't like the way the tone that he spoke in yeah. is where people didn't listen to what he was saying versus Absolutely. how he was saying it. Absolutely. Um, this is an ongoing argument that me and one of my homeboys, uh, we have about tone, right? Because mm-hmm. with, you could you could be, I get told a lot that I have a tone, especially out here in LA, because you know, like voice inflection, like I'm from the Midwest. So it's not always just this flat, dry, monotone thing, you know, with emotion comes different things that happen, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you, you are absolutely correct. I think if Kevin Samuels had a better tone, it would have been more widely received because think about it. What he's saying isn't nothing different than what, you could have be having a conversation with your homegirl or your homeboy, right? Because mm-hmm. there's always this theory of, okay, I could tell my homegirl something. You can come behind me and tell my homegirl the same exact thing, right? Yep. You know, especially when it comes to men and dating, they will be more receptive to it because they feel like it's an end because it's a man telling them something, which is how Steve Harvey was able to be so successful with think like, act like a lady, think like a man. Right. Mm -hmm. Because people felt like 
he was giving them insight. I read chapters of the book, saw the movie. He wasn't telling us nothing that women hadn't been telling women, you know, each other for like centuries, right? Mm-hmm. It's just packaged differently. So also I think that some people, some men got off on how he would kind of talk at and talk to black women because there's this weird lane where people have trauma and they hate their mammies and their grandmammies. So mm-hmm. when they see black women being disrespected, they get a thrill out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And the same thing could go for how he was talking. I saw some of the clips where he was talking. He was talking to black men crazy too. So, <laughs> you know, where, you know, it would be the same thing. So it's not like he was telling us any new, new, you know, nuances and um and secrets. It's conversation, but it's also, it's like you said, knowing your value. But here's the thing about knowing your value and your worth. Mm-hmm. There are some people that we might not find aesthetically pleasing to the eye, right? Yeah. But they have this level of confidence and they know how to make that play in their favor. So they yeah. are able to dibble and dabble in other lanes that the other person that might not have that gift of gab and that 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 flyness that we talk about, they weren't able to be able to float over there, right? Mm-hmm. And so, when it comes to the conversation that Ebony K. Williams is talking about, it comes to this space of I could see if she said, "Okay, my friend, my homeboy asked me this. Like, would I date a bus driver?" I said, "Here's the thing. I'm not opposed to it, but a lot of the times, at least not to my knowledge." I might not have necessarily been in that space with somebody mm-hmm. to even dabble or, or meet them for real. So I think sometimes it also has something to do with where you hang out. So if you're hanging out, like the majority of the time that I worked here, I worked in Beverly Hills. So mm-hmm. after work, that's where we was going happy hour and stuff because we knew the bartenders. It was across the street or we knew somebody at the Beverly, you know, Wilshire or, or whatever. So that's where we were going. And so, you know, it wasn't that somebody was a gold digger. It's just like, that's where I would meet people because that was where I would spend the majority of my time. Right. So it's not to say that somebody can't have something. It's about what's accessible to them. You know, so if you're going to play a different game, you got to go a different route. I tell my homegirls that all the time. How you mean to say, it? I'm like, I'm not going to X, Y, Z. Also, I ain't sitting in traffic to go to X, Y, Z because <laughs> you know how that is out here. It can take you two hours to get somewhere, you know, that's supposed to be like 15 miles. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I move off of that space too. But what happens is, it's like, I, I think people would have, uh, you know, respected her answer if it wouldn't have been, I mean, if he owned a bus, or if he owned the trucking company or whatever, she could have said to Ayala, like, you know what? Like, I don't, I don't know if I hang out in those spaces to me, you know, I, I don't know. Like she could, she could have blindly said that. And I think it would have been better received, but as opposed to it just being an, an attack. And then when she went on the breakfast club, it was like, she doubled down. Oh, she, no, she tripled down on the breakfast okay. club. I was trying to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> You know, on what she said, and then it was like a knock because I think I think we do forget 
how much money a blue collar worker can make. And yeah. I'm weird about this because it, it, it came up on um, one of the shows that we review um, where the black guy is talking about, I want somebody that's educated, blah, blah, blah. And I feel like we stress education so much onto our, our people, you know, as opposed to like, you know, like trades and all these different things, because there's so many avenues where people can make money. It's not always having a formal form of education. And a lot of us that have, that are educated with degrees, we don't work in that field. Like I don't, the majority of my friends that I went to college with, like the majority of them don't work in what they majored in. Mm -hmm. You know, I just happened to move to LA and wanted to work in broadcast and trying to figure out to get my footing. And I'm still learning that, you know, I'm 36. I've been in LA 13 years. I'm just now like figuring out. Yeah. I've been here a long time. No, you're 36. Yeah. I'm 36. I know. Um, right. It's crazy. Thought, I'm proud thought, of my age. I'm proud of my few grades that pop in. I ain't gonna lie. I thought you was like 26, 27. Oh, well, thank you. Mm, no, I take my vitamins and I'll be drinking my collagen. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> black do crack, you know, but it's, you know, life be life in. But uh, mm-hmm. so it's it's a process, you know. Um, so I think that I think we have so much put so much emphasis on those th- types of things. And it stems from us like trying to assimilate. And it goes back to like European, st- uh, you know, standards of beauty, uh, you know, us wanting to. Uh, like have some sort of proximity to whiteness and, and all those things. So we do, we we put emphasis on all these things to be in these spaces where we will never really fully be accepted. And so, like you said, it is a conversation that we should be having with each other, trying to bridge the gap. Cause I feel like black, black women and men, like there is in certain spaces, some sort of divide, you know, amongst yeah. us. And it's like, we work better together than we do apart. So it's like getting back to those basics and figuring out how we can collectively and effectively, you know, work together and, and be together. But, yeah. you know, what she was saying, like, I, girl, you. It was more for I, me. And this is coming from a person, I, I dated a lot, like uh, interracially out here when I first yeah. moved here. Um, and, you know, for me, it was just, you know, something that I wanted to have black kids. So, you know, it is definitely an, a journey or uh, an, an experience that you have um, when that happens. But I'm like, you, you were engaged to somebody else that was not black. And mm-hmm. then he left you hanging when COVID hit and went to go quarantine with his family and you never saw him no more. So were you that great of a catch or, or what was you doing? You know, like, where you couldn't even go quarantine. Like, did you know his family? Like, so it's like so many things that go into it. So I'm not listening to somebody that don't even really have it figured out herself. On their own. <laughs> yeah, so. So, like for me, with her, it was, you know, whatever you prefer, you know, saying whatever, but it was the tone. Yeah. The way that she said it in her facial expression mm-hmm. was, to me, was the issue. But then when you did the whole double down video, it was like, now nah, nah you tripping. You know what I'm saying? Now nah, you're just ridiculous. But with this whole movement and this whole thing, because if you go on, I go on YouTube, all I see is videos about men and women relationships all day. It's all my timeline all day. And 
we in in for some reason we in this era of, of a lot of women. I want six. I want to do six figures. I want seven figures. Uh, he got to make this amount. Do, 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 do this. And for for me, when women say that, you one you really sound mis uneducated when you say that because if you understood how the world works, it's only a very very small percentage of people of we don't even say people of men that make that amount of money. Because yeah, women, and especially for when it comes to black people, because white black women outnumber men when it comes to being millionaires and, and tapping uh-huh. into that bracket. Right. And so it's even more of a smaller percentage of men, of black men that make that, that type of money. So if you're so focused on, I got to get this dude that makes six, seven figures. I mean, is it possible? Yes. But you're lim- but one, you're limiting yourself of your possibilities of finding someone to be happy with. And two, yeah. nine times ten, if you do find that person, that nigga gonna be older than your damn daddy. And what's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want to be twenty five with a sixty year old, go right ahead. You can have that life. It's you know, it's a as someone who's had a, a, a partner that is that was 24 years older than me, um, it's a different vibe, man. Mm-hmm. It's certain things that's not happening with that person in that age bracket, you know, at least that I'm aware of. You yeah. know, um, certain struggles and tussles that exist. Name with all of that rah rah because they trying to mm-hmm. keep they trying to keep it cute like they want to travel they want to you know do yeah. nice things or whatever um and have a good time um the person that I'm dating I've been you know like dating off and on for a while now um he's young for me like I've I've always dated like older older men and so mm-hmm. uh he's like when it's early forties I'm like boy you so young grow up. Like, and so he said, I was like, oh, grow up, like, chill. And so I just, you know, I think, I think what happens is, is that we get, when it comes to women, think about like a lot of the things that we're taught about men, like Mm -hmm. y'all providers, you know, like they, you know, people always say, find somebody that has a good living, that honest living, they make good money, that can take care of you. You don't have to love him. That'll fall. That'll happen later down the line. So think about things like that and how we're both conditioned as human beings. Like you guys have certain things like you got to have this, 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 then you can have love. So men, I mm-hmm. feel like sometimes the emphasis is not on the relationship aspect, like, because y'all are, you guys are taught to be so like goal driven and you gotta have, in order to have this, you gotta have this. Right. And then you can get this. And so y'all have this checklist of things. And if, if y'all don't have something, y'all can meet the girl and that could be the woman of your dreams, right? Mm-hmm. And because you haven't hit a certain tier, y'all let that go and then try to spin a block and then she's like happily married to somebody else and like and studies show this too no no you're you're right yeah a lot of men feel like when it comes to them getting married and not all men i i I, I don't want to put misinformation out there um and and people looking at their partners crazy uh a lot of men feel like they settle when it comes to getting Mm -hmm. married because they wanted to be stable financially 
uh, before they took on a partner and got, you know, yep. came together with somebody. So it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing that happens. Whereas early on, we're taught that, you know, to be moms, we got to be wise. We got to cook. We got to clean. We got to do all this stuff. And, you know, it, it, it's crazy, but it's also when you talk about dating, it is a game that we all got to get out there and play. Mm-hmm. So are you going to low ball it or are you going to high ball it? So I, I'm a high baller. I'm a, I'm a, I might, you know, get net sometimes. I might shoot a brick or two, but at some point, uh-huh. something going to go in that net. You yeah. know what I mean? So uh-huh. I, I, we can't be mad at women that say that because on the flip side, sometimes when women are just as equally equitable as men, you know, when it comes to finances and stuff, some men are intimidated by that. And so mm-hmm. they want somebody else that falls a little bit, if not more beneath them, where they probably have more control over the situation and mainly mm-hmm. financially where they can kind of feel like I got the money. I can do what I want to do. She got to fall. You know, she got to let me do this because I'm the breadwinner. That's mm-hmm. unfortunately how some men look at the situation. So you yeah. can't be mad at Molly or Shaniqua for wanting to date a guy like a LeBron James or you know, whomever, because society has told her, the rappers have told her that she can have that. So she's just listening. She realized like, oh shit, if you, if you're telling me I can have something, I'm coming to take it, bro. Yeah. But that's where we, you got like this. I always, this is one thing that I always felt like, and, um, and, something I always, you know, talk about is that you shouldn't have your preferences outweigh your standards. Yeah. Okay. I, I can make rock with that. You know, yeah, I prefer, yeah, I would prefer a, a girl to have big lips. I would prefer a girl to have this, this, you know, this with her hair, you know, I prefer to have this and this, but if I make that more important than someone that is loving and trustworthy, Someone that, you know, um, is a good mother, you know, has good motherly instincts, you know, saying, you know, shows that, you know, someone that can, um, you know, be there for me. You know, saying if I put all them other preferences, things of how a person should look or what they should have over the things that are going to matter in a, to make a strong relationship. That's when I feel like, you know, saying uh, the situation is wrong. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I think that what happens too is a lot of people, we live in a, a, a world where appearances mean more than what you're talking about, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know? So, and when people kind of listen or, or navigate those spaces that you are speaking of, like I'm putting with this person, like their morals, their standards, over there, you know, with their physique and whatever, you have like an entire lane of people questioning how she get him or how he get her because I wouldn't have thought or whatever. So it becomes this whole thing mm-hmm. where I'm a type of person, I'm like, I, I'll keep my 
love life and everything separate, you know, because I like that, that space of privacy. I, you can't send me no message about my dude because you don't know who my dude is. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's cool. But like, you have to have a person that also respects that my person, we're the same way. I'm like, let's take pictures together, you know, for memories and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. But that's like, for me, if we potentially have kids together, they can see that we were happy, what we looked like prior, blah, 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 blah. But I'm not trying to, I never want to somebody be able to put my photo of my dude in there in a group chat somewhere and then I get a random message because then I'm just like bro okay so do you what 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 did you what do you what did you what were you expecting me to say like I know this person probably every person has a past Mm -hmm. so don't be talking to me about something that happened six years ago you're supposed to get well y'all didn't So I don't, I don't care. Cause it, it creates chaos and, and, you know, like your relationship. Yep. So I feel like, I feel like it would be great if we lived in a world where people really liked people for their personality, for their belief systems. Um, but you know, <laughs> it's just not, let me, let me ask you this. And then let me ask you this before we, uh, before we get out of here. If you know how you say you like older men, mm-hmm. so say if a twenty-six-year-old guy came into mm-hmm. your life, everything that you didn't pray to God or you know you didn't talk to your friends about, you didn't had your own one-on-one with yourself and said that you wanted a man, he has all of that. The only thing he doesn't have is that he's twenty-six and not seventy-six. Okay, you're really pushing that number, but okay, okay, okay. I see what you did there. But would you not mess with him because of that? Probably not, because I don't think that people really should get married in their twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like, and I say that because we are. St- I feel like there's so much life to experience or whatever. And I'm not saying that we can't be, you know, friends or whatever. I'm 36. I I want to have kids in the next, you know, two, three years. You know what I mean? Is that something that he, he is going to want? I just feel like you are still grown, growing and learning who you are at 26, as opposed to probably 36. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's great that he can have all those things, but I, I'm i really kind of apprehensive to people getting married so young. And a lot of my friends that got married that young, you know, are divorced, having drama, uh, custody drama, you know, all these different things. So I feel like so you, there's certain things that you should You must say watch uh, Basketball Wise or Love and Hip Hop. These these girls is 40, 50 still having the same issue. I mean, that's true. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's, it's not synonymous, you know, synonymous to like an age bracket, right? But I think I think about my 20s out here in LA and I've had some of the wildest. And what I mean, like people would think I would make the stories up. And I don't mean like, oh, we went to this sex party or anything. Just like some of the random dope nights that, you know, that were unexpected. And I was, you know, like, young not attached to anybody like 
you know, mm-hmm. not really taking anybody seriously. So I feel like your 20s, like, live your life. Because you don't want like, wonder or have a feeling about, oh, what if I'm missing something? Like, you're still so young. Like, 26 is young. Hey, and it's some 26-year-olds that have lived a long life before 26. And, and they, they know have, what they want. and good for them. But I don't know. Like, I don't think I would do it just... Mm-hmm. You know, I'm never going to say never. You should never say never. Yeah, but I've had 30-year-old men that have it going from, and I'm, and it's just always something I'm like, that's not clicking. And it's not an age thing. It's a, it's a mental thing. Because men, y'all do mature slower than us. You know, yeah. some, not all men, some, because I don't mm-hmm. want to buy, she, that's not true. Da, da, da. No, no, don't come at me crazy, because I talk reckless right back. So, with that being said, I just think that for me right now, I would say no. Because mm. I still don't think, I think there's still a level of maturity that will still need to happen. Mm-hmm. So that's all. So uh, what you uh, what you got com- coming up that you want to uh, talk about? Um, Just these candles for real, creating content, more curated content. Uh, working out, eating better, uh, landing an agent. Uh, that's that's where my head is. So like those are the goals that I am focused on: being consistent uh, with working out and you know being silly for y'all online. We have some content <laughs> that we're gonna create Tuesday. Actually, uh, Farron and I have like a little web show that we're going to do mm-hmm. and we are rating these wigs that we bought so okay the wiggery <laughs> chaos will ensue so that's it you know like taking life a day at a time because life has really been kicking my ass and, and that's just me being transparent with people it has been so i'm telling you i'm like cool mm-hmm. i'm just taking a day at a time I had to I had to send the puppy to her daddy house. I was like, I I need a break. She's been giving me a tough two and a half weeks. I I couldn't sleep because she was sick off and on. So he was like, I think I think Pax has vertigo. So that's a whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. having a puppy is literally like having a child. I I need a break. And doing that the majority of the time, it's not that I'm a single parent. It's that he's consistently working and. Go over there. Yeah. <laughs> Handle that. What's up? Uh, and then um, make sure, because, you know, I don't want to get it wrong again. What's the... St. Uh, Angeles. You so you can follow me at St. Angeles. Um, that's S-A-I-N-T-A-N-G-E-L-E-S on Instagram. I also have a candle page, which is just Shop St. Angeles. Um, and that'll link you to our website. Uh, which is Saint S A I N T dash Angeles dot com, um, and then you'll see like the blog, and then you can click the tab candles. Use code Mama at checkout. So that's all for me. Oh, and I have the podcast Whiskey Soured. So that'll be a new episode dropping Tuesday, every Tuesday, um, and as well as Everyone Needs an Aquarius, which is part of the SOLC network, and that's with my co-host uh, Daryl Fryson. Um, and we just really have a good time. We talk a lot of pop culture over there. And, <laughs> and from the Aquarius perspective, you don't have to be an Aquarius, 
but it's just a little insight to our mind. We are not terrible people. We're actually really great people and we want the best for humanity, but y'all don't be trying to let us be great. And that's it. <laughs> All right. And, uh, and y'all know, you know, saying y'all know the Instagram Brandon Jordan comedy. And, uh, this was another episode and, uh, I will holler at y'all next week.